Welcome back to the Hemingway List, Book 4, Chapter 4 of War and Peace. It's an exciting one. Dolokhov has apparently slept with Pierre's wife. Pierre has challenged Dolokhov to a duel, and they're actually going to maybe do it? What the heck? Dolokhov seems to be flaunting his affair in front of Pierre. Why is he acting so passive-aggressive, then straight-up aggressive, towards Pierre? And what do you make of the duel? Why would Pierre agree to something so serious with so little experience? Do you think the duel will even happen? Bickering Cube says, Well, it seems like Dolokhov is a total ass. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. He did tie a policeman to a bear, right? Which, you know, in fairness, that is awesome. Dolokhov is also the guy who was supposed to relay a message during the first battle, but got scared and didn't do it, but said he did. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't think that was Dolokhov. I don't think that was Dolokhov. That was Zerkov. That's who that was. No, Dolokhov's, uh, Dolokhov's like, he is a, a douchebag, but he's kind of like a bit of a swashbuckler, you know? I, I get a bit of a... Uh, an Errol Flynn vibe from Dolokhov. I think I'd get Errol Flynn to play him in a movie if Errol Flynn didn't die about 60 years ago. Um, but it, it's kind of a man's man, you know, and quite brave, I think. I don't think he would have ever chickened out on the battlefield. Um, and I think that that's kind of what's behind him flaunting this whole affair in front of Pierre. He's just trying to get a rise out of Pierre, trying to be... You know, be alpha, <laughs> for want of a better term, and um, I don't know. Yeah, it is very much uh, a dick move, but at the same time, he's a great character. I love that. Um, you know, he's he's a what is he? He's like a bully, I guess. But bullies are usually quite interesting to watch in a story. You know, not in real life. Obviously, they're awful. <laughs> but. Um, I don't know, he adds a bit of spice to the book, that's for sure. Um, Bickering Cube says, My guess is that Pierre is going to kill or seriously wound Dolokhov, despite never handling a gun before, and it's really going to mess him up. Pierre is depressed. Maybe the duel doesn't quite seem real to him. Logically, he understands and seems to think it's stupid, but he's going to go along with it anyway because of his, well, this is how things are supposed to be way of life. He seems to have... Um, yeah, you know what? I feel like Tolstoy did a good job here of sort of skipping from the dinner to the duel in, you know, a matter of a couple of paragraphs. And it kind of gives you, the as the reader, the same sense that Pierre and probably Dolokhov and everyone involved all have of like, well, is this really actually happening? You know, for them, it, it, was a, it was it's the next day, you know, so there was a lot of time to think about it. But I bet that that just rushed by and by the time, you know, in the heat of the moment, can last for, easily get you through to the next day when you're really riled up about something and then all of a sudden, oh, here I am standing in a snowy field with a gun about to have a shoot-off with this other guy. Um, I bet it doesn't feel real. Pythagorean Bean says, I believe he wanted a reaction out of Pierre and he sure got one. We saw back in 1.1.6 how Pierre was quick to accept the window and rum challenge like Dolokhov. So Dolokhov knows how impulsive Pierre can be. Ah, very good point. 
If only Anatoly was here to save Pierre again. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, that's actually probably a pretty good clue, is in Pierre watched Dolokhov do this feat of manliness, you know, and get the applause of all the men, and, um, you know, by drinking this drink on the windowsill, and immediately wanted to try to, you know, challenge him there by showing, I can do that too, anything you can do, I can do better. I think maybe right from the start, Pierre has been, had a little bit of a inferiority complex when it comes to specifically Dolokhov which I didn't realize until just now. Very interesting. Thank you for pointing that out, Pythagorean bean. The Qureshi says, Hmm, a battle veteran versus never held a gun. Pierre, why? Um, <laughs> yeah, one guy's been to war, and uh, one guy's never heard a, held a gun. Guanardo says, Ah, too many cliffhangers. First, Andre might be dead, and now Pierre is going to duel. This is too much. I think Pierre is going along with the duel because he goes along with everything else in his life. Without doing it work at all, he became wealthy, gained the respect of people who clearly dislike him, and got a beautiful wife. Maybe he thinks the duel is going to work out in his favour in the same way. Rye bread egg said, Is there a reason why Pierre isn't just asking his wife, did you have an affair? Seems like a really good place to start. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't feel like he would get an honest response from her, though, because we may, may be unfair to say this. We don't know that much about Helena, but we know a, a lot about the Karagans, her family, her brothers, her father, and from the looks of, I think, all of them, especially her father, you get the sense that um, they're not... They're, they're just going to... Um, appease you and they're going to lie really aren't they to save the drama I don't think she's going to give him an honest answer if, she, if he confronts her and accuses her of having done wrong she's just going to lie you know don't you get that sense we don't know her that well so maybe that is unfair I'm, I'm sort of judging her based on her whole family but you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree right alright let's read chapter 5 and we will be reading I'm happy to say the Andrew Lewis version a very short chapter, so this won't take long. Here it goes. Well, let's go, said Dolokhov. All right, said Pierre, still wearing the same smile. There was a feeling of dread in the air. It was apparent that this whim had now become real life and was happening regardless of what these men wanted. Denisov went to the barrier first and announced, As these adversaries have refused to sort out their differences... We shall proceed. Take your pistols and... Oops, sorry, I made a typo. And at... Take your pistols and at the word three, you can advance. One, two, ooh, three. He shouted angrily and stepped aside. The combatants advanced along the trodden tracks nearer and nearer to one another, beginning to see one another through the mist. They were able to fire their shot whenever they liked as they approached the barrier. Dolokhov walked slowly without raising his pistol, looking intently with his bright, sparkling eyes into his enemy's face. His mouth wore its usual smirk. So I can shoot whenever I want, said Pierre, and at the word three, he moved quickly forward, missing the path that had been stamped out and stepping into deep snow. 
he held the gun out at arm's length, apparently afraid of shooting himself with it. He made an effort to keep his left hand behind him, as he wanted to support his right hand with it, but knew he shouldn't. Having walked six paces and strayed off the track and into the snow, Pierre looked down at his feet, then quickly at Dolokhov, and, bending his finger over the trigger as he'd been shown, fired his gun. Pierre shat himself at the sound, far louder than he expected, and then smiled at his reaction. He stood still. The smoke and the mist mingled into a thick smoke mist, and for a moment he couldn't see bugger all. He could see bugger all. Uh, there was no second gunshot, as he was expecting. He heard only Dolokhov's hurried steps, and through the mist his figure came in view. He was holding his left side with one hand, the other hand drooped down, clutching his pistol. He was pale as a ghost. Rostov ran up to him and said something. Oh, nah, muttered Dolokhov through his teeth. Nah, nah, it ain't over. And after a few shonky stumbles forward, right up to the sabre marking the barrier, he dropped down to the snow beside it. His left hand was bloody, he wiped it on his coat and supported himself with it. His pallid, quivering face was frowning. Pl Dolokhov began, but he couldn't get the word out. Please, he uttered with an effort. Pierre could hardly contain his sobs and rushed forward to help him and was about to cross the space between the barriers when Dolokhov cried, Get back to your barrier! And Pierre, picking up what he was putting down, stepped, stopped right beside his sabre. There was only ten paces dividing them now. Dolokhov lowered his head to the snow, greedily bit at it, raised his head back up, adjusted himself, drew in his legs and sat up, trying to f find a firm centre of gravity... He swallowed the cold snow. His lips trembled, but his eyes, still smiling, glittered with effort and exasperation as he gathered his remaining strength. He raised his pistol and took aim. Turn sideways! Cover yourself with your pistol! called Nezvitsky desperately. Cover yourself! even Denisov cried to his adversary. Pierre, with a gentle smile of pity and remorse, his arms and legs spread out all goofy, stood with his massive chest directly facing Dolokhov, looking sorrowfully at him. Denisov, Rostov and Nezvitsky all closed their eyes. They heard the gunshot, shortly followed by Dolokhov grunting angrily. Missed, shouted Dolokhov, and then he face-planted into the snow and basically gave up on life. Pierre clutched his temples, turned and piss-bolted into the forest through the thick snow, muttering absolute nonsense, bullshit, bullshit, death, lies, he repeated, screwing up his face. Nezvitsky went after him, stopped him, and took him home. Rostov and Denisov drove away with the wounded Dolokhov. He was silent in the sleigh, laying with his eyes closed, and didn't respond a word to the questions they asked him, but when they got to Moscow he suddenly came to and lifted his head with an effort. He took Rostov, who was sitting beside him, by the hand. Rostov was struck by the weird expression on Dolokhov's face, one of eagerness and friendliness. Well, how do you feel? Rostov asked. Like dog shit. But that's beside the point, my friend, said Dolokhov, with a gasping voice. Where are we? In Moscow, I know. Don't worry about me. It's her who is going to die. I've killed her. She won't get over this. She won't survive it. Who? Well, my mother. 
My mother, the saint, my beautiful mother. And Dolokhov pressed Rostov's hand and started bawling his eyes out. When he had calmed down a bit, he explained to Rostov that he was living with his mother, who, if she saw him dying of a gunshot wound, would herself fall over dead. He begged Rostov to go ahead and warn her. Rostov went ahead to do as he was asked, and to his great surprise learned that Dolokhov, the great brawler, the great bully, lived in Moscow with an elderly mother and a hunchback sister and was an absolute sweetheart of a brother and son. Alright, there we go. Very exciting chapter. Damn, I loved that. Thank you very much for listening. Go ahead and have your say on the subreddit and I'll see you tomorrow.